you take your Bible and open up to the book of Isaiah, if you don't have your Bible with you this morning, our faithful ushers are gathering some Bibles and they're walking down the aisle with those. If you would like to borrow one for this morning, uh, just raise your hand. They'd be happy to get that to you. I encourage you to, to get used to thumbing through your Bible. It's always important. This is a great book. It's the greatest book you will ever hold in your hand. And it has the answers to all of life, and, and it's good to kind of get used to navigating through that. So bring your Bibles on Sunday, and kind of we'll flip through, flip with us, and we'll go through that, or, or bring your electronic Bible and learn how to program through that, and uh, we'll have great times together as we explore God's Word together. Um, and I also encourage you, you're given a, an outline and note um, folder to take some notes in. You can pull those out in a minute. Uh, we'll begin to start uh, walking through this passage together, really just one of the verses there. But some years back, um, I overheard a conversation as I was out uh, Christmas shopping. I don't think it was on Black Friday, but it was in a mall, crowded, and, and it was between a, a father and a son. Now, all the details are a little fuzzy because it was a while ago, but I, 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 um, I'm sure they're waiting for somebody. And uh, the kid looks to his dad and says, Dad, you know, kind of confident. I get this whole Christmas thing, you know, the Christmas tree, the stockings, the presents, and, you know, Santa, and he winks, winks. And, uh, but what I don't get is I don't get all this talk of, of a baby and peace on earth and songs about three kings and church and religious stuff, angels and, and Messiah. What's this stuff all about? There was a, a long pause, and and a pained expression came over the dad's face. And just as he was about to say something, I, I guess it was the mom walked up with a couple girls in tow. And they showed up and dad changed the subject and, and, and saying to his son, don't worry about it, son, it's just another story. And they got swooped up with a flow of people and were lost in the crowd. I was stunned. And then I quickly remembered that's where I was growing up. Jesus was just another story, maybe even fictional story, to teach about morals or to teach us to be, you know, not naughty but nice like Santa. And, and that Christmas was more about the, the decorations, and that's about it. Missing the true, life-changing truth about Jesus, Messiah. For the reality is, a focus on Jesus can make all the difference in a world. You know, uh, many of you have been praying, and I really, Christy and I really appreciate, and our family really appreciates your prayers. This past week, and the reason we weren't here last Sunday is because we were up at uh, Christy's brother's memorial service. Christy's brother was tragically killed in an auto accident in Kyrgyzstan a number of weeks ago, and just last week was a memorial service. And as we were gathering around family and a lot of tears and, and just uh, the shock of it is, you know, I, I guess it's, it's still present. You know, I still feel it. And, uh, and, you don't get over those things easy. You just move on to a new normal. And, and yet, with all of that, and as I was talking to Ken, uh, Ken Gamelgaard is his name, and is talking to Ken's wife, Ellen, and, and his three boys, Soren, Peter, and Alex, and their wives, and, and even their uh, little uh, kids, and, and the different family members, and Christy's mom. And as we were sharing together, almost all of them said something to this effect. I don't know how we could get through this without Jesus. And I know some of you have been right there. You've gone through a tremendous a difficulty in your life. Maybe it's a death in the family or a struggle that you're even facing right now. And, 
And you wonder, how, how, how could I have gotten through this without Jesus? Or how I, I'm not coping it yet, yet for Jesus is helping me cope. And, and that's what Jesus is. He is that, that, that focus that we can put our attention on and, and we can uh, gain hope and encouragement and, and make it through another day of life. And not only that, that focus on Jesus changes us. We are rearranged and life is aligned and, and we are become who the people that God has created to be, to be. We are more ourselves when we're focusing on Jesus. And yet, it's easy. It's easy for us to, to, to let the focus move off of Jesus and on to more of the trappings and accoutrements of a, like a time like this of Christmas. That's, that, that tendency and temptation has been there throughout history. Um, it's easy to lose our focus. But like it was in the 1740s for a, a, a landowner by the name of Charles Jennings. Charles uh, was concerned about people moving away from the present reality of Jesus as their Lord and as their Savior and as God and as Messiah, that one promised from the Old Testament of one who would come and create this wonderful kingdom someday and, and it w- would help all, not only of Israel but all of people. And people were losing their focus in that and he saw what it did. People lost hope. Greed was setting in. People were living without purpose and and without hope and without direction. Even Jenin's own brother, uh, who was struggling with the reality of Jesus and struggled so much that this brother took his own life, and it compelled Jenin's to pull together Scripture and, and words from the, at then, at, in that time, the common book of prayer uh, to help people understand who Jesus is. And he wrote to a famous composer by the name of George Friedrich Handel to put it to music. Handel was feeling much the same, that he wanted people to sing of greater things. And so he put the collection of Bible verses and writings that Jennings had put together and Handel's Messiah was composed. And over the centuries, it has encouraged people to experience the joy of Jesus' Messiah. And that's what we desire to do this Christmas season, this Advent season, is to experience the joy of Jesus Messiah. And so we're taking some of those writings and some of those verses that Jennings used, and each Sunday we'll be looking at a different aspect of that. And then, of course, as you've been hearing, that we are actually going to have a sing-along Messiah here on Friday night. And encourage you to come and bring your friends. We'll tell you more about that. But it'll be a great opportunity to be encouraged as well to set our focus on Jesus. You see, something happens when we focus on Jesus. Life aligns. Purposes become clearer. Destiny is realized. In Matthew chapter 6, the disciples were anxious about life, even down to the practicality of what they should eat, what they should wear, how are they going to make it in life. And the solution was and still is to focus on Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well, Jesus says. That we are to focus on, on Jesus because the kingdom of God, God is with Christ on the throne. And all the things, all the things we worry about, even the practical things of life, will all fall into line as we focus on Jesus and His righteousness, His way of life, that we should have that focus in all of life, and especially during the anxious times and troubled times of life. 
See, Jesus knew that life would be full of ups and downs. And just because we have faith in Jesus doesn't mean that we'll only experience the ups. Jesus said in John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. That as we live life, we will have trouble. Now I could go around the room and, and we could have you just share what troubles have you experienced even in this past month. And we would hear financial issues. We would hear, we, we probably hear a lot of family issues because, you know, Thanksgiving, all the family gets together and <laughs> you know what happens during that time. <laughs> uh, family issues, uh, uh, maybe issues with finances, issues with a job, issues with, even when we look at the mirror, we go, oh, why am I not the person I really want to be? What, what's going on there? And, 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 and struggles in different ways, maybe even issues that we've been we've got ourselves into somehow. And yet Jesus says there is hope. There is hope in him as we focus on him. That's what was happening back in ancient Israel during the time of, of Isaiah the prophet. And that's the, the promise of this one that would come, would make the path straight and, and, and help out in life, making life better for us. God had Isaiah tell the people of this great hope. And one of those places is in Isaiah chapter 40. Take your Bible, and hopefully you're already there then, or just flip open your electronic Bible and, uh, and open up to Isaiah chapter 40. I know it may be difficult, but if you wouldn't mind standing as I just read this passage. Now, in English, you heard it in Mandarin, but I'll read it to you in English. God speaks through the prophet Isaiah. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem, proclaim her that her hard service has been completed and that her sin has been paid for and that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. A voice of one calling, in the desert prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the, wilderness, in the, make, make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, and the rough ground shall become level and the rugged places plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all of mankind will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. In this last verse, Isaiah gives us three helps, three ways that we can look beyond the decorations to see the real Jesus, to experience the incredible Jesus. Stay standing for prayer. Father, thank you for the reality of who Christ is. That from the ancient of times, as Isaiah speaks to even the present day, the reality of Christ can have an amazing impact on our life. Father, may we get to it today. May we see it and experience it and open our life to it. Lord, teach us this time. Be with us this hour, we pray in your son's name. Amen. You may have a seat. And hopefully you've already taken out your outline and you want to jot down some of the verses that we mentioned. Fill in the blanks. The answers will be up on the screen. But three ways to move beyond the decorations to experience Jesus, the incredible Messiah. The first is to glorify Jesus. Again, look at Isaiah 40, verse 5. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed. God's glory will be revealed. That was a hope that people had looked forward to all of their life, that, that this glory of God, this glory of the Lord will be revealed. One of Jesus' disciples wanting to see and experience this glory of God, was asking. 
He wanted to experience all the goodness and, and greatness and wonder and joy that he knew was in God. For all of the Old Testament speaks of, of, of how amazing God is. And in his presence is all of this, this wonderful experience. He wanted that truth and understood that. He understood the truth that Psalm 1611 says that you, God, made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with your eternal pleasures at your right hand. This experience of God is found in His glory when His glory is expressed and the glory of the Lord is all of who God is. All of Scripture attests to the glory of God. It reveals it. And in God's presence is that joy and love and security and peace and patience and kindness and significance. It just seems like everything works when we're in the presence of God. Well, this disciple wanted to see the glory of God. And so he comes to Jesus and he says this, take your Bible and Flip over to John chapter 14. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John's in the New Testament. John chapter 14. We'll be looking at verse 8. That disciple was Philip. And Philip says, Lord, show us the Father, show us his glory. Show us this amazing God that you're speaking of, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Do you not know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time? And then he says something that is completely amazing. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How do you say, show us the Father? Jesus is the glory of God. He is all, the, 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 all that is God, just squeezed into the tininess of a man, came down as a baby, born and lives, and now he's, he's some 30-something years old, and he says this to Philip, when you've seen me, you've seen God. By the way, no other prophet has ever claimed that, only Jesus, because he is. He is God. He is the glory of God. T- take your Bible and flip over to Colossians. Oh, this is, this is a wonderful Colossians. Uh, chapter 1 verse around uh, 15. It talks about the, the amazingness of Jesus. It says this, uh, Colossians uh, 1.15. He is, talking to Jesus, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. He is it. Amazing. He is wonderful. He is. That's Jesus. He is the glory of God. He is God. He is incredible. And when we focus on him, and on his greatness, life aligns. If you haven't done it already, write down Matthew chapter 6. Read the whole chapter. That verse in 33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God, Christ on the throne. Put our focus on Christ, and all these things will be added unto us as well. It's that one ingredient of life that makes it just, that brings out all the flavors of life. Now, we, we've had a whole day of feasting this past week, right? Y'all enjoy Thanksgiving? Mm, ate way too much. Maybe that's why you're subdued. First service was just dead. They had like a what, tryptophan 
coma or whatever it was, you know, Justin gets up and says, it's time for the offering. And two people go, yay. And it's our custom here that we all go, yeah, woohoo, offering. And they just weren't feeling it. You guys aren't doing that great either. You're just kind of sitting there. There we go. There we go. But, but this Thanksgiving, I, I tried something different. I, um, one of the, I cooked two, 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 two turkeys. They were kind of small. And uh, um, one of my side, I was going to try something different. So I went over to Stater Brothers over here, and I got this Cajun butter something sauce that was mild because I'm not a real hot, you know, can't stand that stuff. Um, so I, and I was injecting it into the bird. The bird was this big, and when I injected it, it was about this big. And... Um, so I cooked it all up, and I took a taste of that Cajun. Oh, man, did that just make a difference. There was like a party going on in my mouth right here, just going, yes! My taste buds were dancing around, going, woohoo! This is fantastic! It's that one little ingredient made that turkey just come alive, and it was beautiful and wonderful, and Jesus is like that in life. He brings out the joy and the, the excitement and the thrill of life, and, and, and he makes it all happen. You know, life without him is drab and dull and just listless. And yet Jesus, this one incredible, amazing God, is the one that brings flavor to life. And how we continue to glorify him is when we obey him. And we do what he tells us to do. And he does tell us things as we read scripture. Uh, he tells us to, to, to be this way about neighbors and this way about friends and to reach out this way with his message. And, and he encourages us that we were to follow him. We're also to worship him. Now, worship isn't just music, but it is music. To spend time really focusing on Jesus, like the, the song we just sang, Jesus Messiah. And, and I could tell that some of you were just getting into it and just you were excited about Jesus. You were putting your focus onto him and that's what we could continue to do. To worship him, not just within song, but in our lives to have that focus on him. To honor him. To have him have that place of supremacy in our life. That he is the one that we consult. That he is the one that we move towards. That we align life to what he does and he wants. And that's to live life his way. Not our way, but his way. The way lined out in scripture. Jesus is truly incredible. We are to give him the glory he deserves. So make it to church. I know it's not easy to be consistent, but I encourage you, with at least with this Christmas season, make it to church. Take this time together with fellow believers and, and, and be encouraged as we spend time together. We've also given you, a, and as you leave today, you'll be getting one of these uh, devotionals. It's, it's a pre-printed one that, that we thought was really good, and it has when it, in it, uh, a little thing to read each day. Uh, use this as a supplement to your own uh, devotionals. You do your own devotions, then do this as well, and read these readings, and, and you'll be encouraged and challenged at, by what's being said there so that you can focus more on Christ and, and have Him be that center. Give Him glory as you go through that. Be about Jesus' purposes. Be selfless. Maybe even spend less on gifts and focus really on the Lord, and you'll be giving Him more glory. Another way to move beyond the decorations to experience Jesus, the incredible Messiah, is to see Jesus. Isaiah 40, verse 5 says, And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all mankind will see it. To see Jesus for who he really is. Not just to notice 
but to notice and acknowledge all the glory and greatness of who he is. Now, you know the difference. I mean, you came in here and you noticed a lot of people. You didn't acknowledge everybody. Not that you should, but you didn't acknowledge it because to acknowledge means you engage in conversation. You, you want to go deeper in relationship and connection. Uh, and, and, and you want to, to, to move forward with that. Kind of like a, a spouse or a special someone, you want more. And not only that, you not only want to connect with them deeper, but you kind of want to show off that love. It's like the, the, the couple of weddings that we had this weekend. Um, uh, Kellen and Carolyn, right there, uh, got married and, and, uh, and that. And also Justin and Laura got married as well. And, and these two couples, you know, I love to watch young couples because it's, it's fun to see them all, you know, oogly on each other and looking all in love. And, and stuff like that. And then, and then they love each other so much that they want to stand before people and just express their love to each other. And then they, you know, they wear rings and they spend time together and they do that. And, and uh, um, by the way, um, um, Carolyn and Kellen have invited you all to their party uh, this evening at 6 o'clock right over in our gym. And you're welcome to come. Just bring some food to share with other people. And it'll be a great time and, and be able to greet them as they've spent some time in honeymoon. Both of them have sent back. I don't know if, I, don't know if uh, I haven't seen any pictures from Justin's honeymoon, but I saw them from, uh, from Kellen's honeymoon. They've sent, you know, texts on Facebook and stuff like that. And it's fun to see their excitement of that. But they're excited about proclaiming their love. And we need to be excited about proclaiming Jesus' love. To see Jesus so much so that we want to connect with him. They want to show off his love. Three opportunities to really see Jesus, so much so that we want to show it off. First is to see his will, to acknowledge that what Jesus wants, and as we said before, to obey him. Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will obey. So it's to see his will and to listen and to do it, as well to see his way. See it enough to live it and follow him, like the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 2, 21, for me to live is Christ Messiah. Whenever you see the word Christ, it means the same as Messiah. That to see the Messiah, that is life. And also to see Jesus is to see his worth. To not just notice, but acknowledge it. To let people see God's love in you. To proclaim it. Uh, like in the Christmas story. Uh, take your Bible and, and turn to, uh, to Luke. That famous uh, passage in Luke, the Christmas story found in, in Luke chapter 2. Uh, starting in verse 8. It says, uh, And they were uh, there were shepherds living out in their fields nearby. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. There were shepherds living out in their fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ. He is Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in the manger. And I just can picture the scene. Here is this angel, you know, however they are. You know, I don't know if they're like the paintings, you know, and they stand, you know, hovering above the ground, all glowing. You know, and the, and the, 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 the shepherds are all afraid. But I, but I picture the, the heavenly host behind this one angel making this proclamation. And they're standing there. They're just... Oh, they're just, they just can't wait till finally they suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appear to the angel praising God saying glory to God in the highest and on peace to men in whom his favor rests 
They were so pumped up about this announcement, they could hardly contain themselves. They were just standing there waiting like somebody had to go to the bathroom. They just wanted to get it out and to be excited about Jesus, this amazing Lord and Savior and God and all the things that are printed around the auditorium. Messiah, Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Alpha and Omega, Emmanuel, which means God with us. Lord of Lords and King of Kings. We are to join in and sing of God's praise. To see his worth. Not just to notice it, but acknowledge it. To be an example of God's love, Jesus' love to our world, to help people and love people. To share. I love what's going on in Japan right now. Um, Actually, Dorian Takeshi Takazawa are in Japan right now. They're with some pastors and encouraging the work there after the tsunami and the earthquake. It's been exciting to see how um, the Christian church in a Buddhist country has stepped up and a lot of churches are being um, centers for distribution and a lot of the churches are really helping in their communities like they've never before. And what's funny, and you've heard uh, Takeshi and Dory talk about this, that they've talked about Japan. People, Japanese people are saying, oh, Jesus is here meaning the people who are bringing the food. Jesus is bringing supplies. Hey, Jesus is having a barbecue over here. Jesus is helping us with uh, bringing uh, supplies. And, and they, 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 they equate it to Jesus. These Christian believers over in Japan are bringing Jesus' glory by helping in his name, and we should do the same. Jesus is truly incredible. We need to see him, his will, his way, and his worth, and let people see Jesus in us. Be inclusive. Be sensitive give more. One more way to go beyond and to move beyond the decorations to experience Jesus, the incredible Messiah, is to respond to Jesus. Isaiah 45, 40 verse 5, the glory of the Lord will be revealed. That's to glorify Jesus. And all mankind together will see it, to see Jesus. And the last part of the verse says, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Isaiah puts an emphasis here on this truth that God has endorsed this message. And even more than that, that God is saying this is something that we should take note of and respond to because God said it. He wants us to know this is worthwhile. This message of this Messiah is something important to you to glorify and to see. This happened as well in another time. Write down Matthew chapter 17. Read the whole chapter. When Jesus was up on a mountain with Peter, James, and John, lots of things happened up there, and you can read about it. It's incredible. But up there, God spoke, and he said something very similar. He said, this is my beloved son, in verse 5 of Matthew 17, and whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. God said, take note of what Jesus says. Bring it into your life and act upon it. Don't just let it go in one ear and out the other. Respond and move and change, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The sad reality is that we're not that great at listening. We tend to only hear what interests us or when we're ready to listen or when there's nothing else important that's taking our attention, we'll, we'll maybe listen to God. And, and Or if we can perceive it's good for us or we gain some value from it, and maybe even some of you are not even listening right now. Psalm 85, verse 5 says, I will listen to, the, to what God the Lord will say. I will listen to what God the Lord will say. 
He promises peace to his people, his saints. But let them not return to folly. Folly is not paying attention to Jesus. So the big question is, do you really listen to Jesus? Because if we really hear Jesus and respond, this world, this community, and even ourselves would be changed. For we would be loving like Jesus. Write down Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to 38. It's a glimpse of what it means to love like Jesus. It says that Jesus saw the multitudes as they were harassed and, and downcast like sheep without a shepherd, and he had compassion on them. See, to love like Jesus is to have compassion, to actually care. Not just to walk by that homeless person who's uh, asking for a handout or, or those people in need, not just to walk by, but actually to try to engage in maybe some conversation or maybe to see if you can help in some way and let God lead you in that. But also, as you read those passages about Jesus, he was involved in the community. He went and spoke in the synagogues. It means that he went to the community centers. He was involved with his community. He spent time with the people in his community. And he was continually reaching out with the life-changing message of Jesus. It's that message that um, we need a Savior, that, that man is sinful. The Bible's really clear with that, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Our study in Romans has revealed that over and over and over again, that we're sinful and need a Savior. But what we try to do is we try to just simply decorate our lives. We add a few good works, memorize the Bible, come to church carrying your Bible, uh, go to church at least once a month or whatever, and maybe at Christmas for sure, but come to church and, and, and you know, give out a few dollars to help people. And, and those are great things, and we should continue doing them, but sometimes we look at them as just simply decorations and never get beyond that to go right to our heart to understand our need for a Savior. See, we're all sinful and need a Savior. There's no way we can change this sinful condition of our life because the consequence of us having this sinful issue, this mountain of moral debt that people have called, called it, is to, it stops us from enjoying a, a close personal connection with God, with Jesus now. And it will keep us out of heaven. Yet when we come to that place where we understand we're sinful and we need a Savior and we actually believe, which is a confession that you're sinful and confession you need a Savior and confession as Jesus, that's what it means to believe. When we come to that place where we believe, then, then we now have that connection with God. We now have that reservation set in heaven and we now can move through life and live life God's way. And that's getting beyond the decorations. That's responding to what Jesus did when he came. He didn't just come to show us how to live. He came to save our souls. <laughs> and we need to respond to him in that. And, and many of you have. You've come to that place in your life where you believe. And I encourage you, if you don't yet know or not sure, afterwards, come talk to myself or Justin. As we are down here, we've got some great materials to walk through what Jesus is and who, who he is and what he's done for us. And give you that opportunity to come and to invite him into your life. And we hope that you do that. And I pray that you do that. But I want to encourage all of us to respond to Jesus and let his love live in you and, and be expressed through you. See, Christmas can be a, a wonderful time. A wonderful time to, to go beyond the decorations and experience the joy of, of the incredible Jesus, Messiah, as we glorify Jesus, as we see Jesus, and respond to Jesus. I want to encourage you to, to make some strides that way. Matter of fact, I want to encourage you to do something right now. In the, in the, um, around your seat, there is a, a, a card that looks like this. Go ahead and find one. 
And on there, just, just stick your name somewhere where, where it says name. <laughs> I mean, you don't need to fill all the information out if you don't want to, but uh, I'm going to ask you, because um, I would like to pray for you personally, individually, this holiday season. I got a whole stack from first service, and I'd like to get a whole stack from this service. Just let me know how I can pray for you. What Maybe some things that you're dealing with, or maybe just how to pray for you this holiday season. And I will pray for each one of you who gives me these cards. And, uh, um, but I'd love to do that. And you can just either fold it in half and leave it on your seat. Um, you can hand it to an usher. After the end of the service, you can come and hand it to me or Justin. Sure. Uh, don't put it in the offering plate, then it gets all mixed up with that. If you have a separate request, request you want to go to everybody, you can put it in the offering. That's great. But uh, if you, this one, I just, this is going to go to me. It's not going to go through any lists or anything like that. Um, but I just want to be able to pray for you and, and, and encourage you this holiday season. Um, but would you do that? We're also going to have a time of prayer right now. Um, we do this most every Sunday here. Uh, we call it a garden of prayer because it's like we pause for a moment and slip into a nice garden atmosphere, and we have our pastors and prayer team members and elders. They come and take places around the aisle. They're doing that right now. Um, some will be up front here. Some will be in the aisleways, some in the back. Uh, but these people are standing around here because they love to pray with you about anything that's on your heart and mind. Because uh, sometimes it really helps to have somebody stand with you in prayer. Now, you can stay right there in your seat. That's fine. Uh, or at the seat area, because you'll be standing in a moment. But you can stay right there and, and pray and talk to God, and I encourage you to do so. But please, um, uh, if you've got something that you want prayer for, come to one of us who are standing around, and we'd love to pray with you about anything that's on your heart and mind. And it could be on behalf of somebody else as well. So to, to make it easy for those who do want to slip out, if, those, if you all would stand as we're going to spend this time in prayer and spend some time talking to God. Let's do that.